Good evening and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Welcome. We are excited to be with you again this Sunday evening for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah. I'm the Ministry Assistant at Heritage, and tonight we continue our series in the Book of Romans. As always, we welcome people to give us a call during our program, and our call screeners can be reached at 929-333-3739. I want to give a shout-out to Lou, the former sports director here at WMCA, who knew the former incarnation of this program back when he used to work here. So, Lou, congratulations on your retirement. Mm -hmm. And we also have an engagement to celebrate tonight, Pastor Matt. Alex, our assistant producer here at WMCA, and also his girlfriend, Gabby, they got engaged just last weekend. Yeah, I just met Gabby, and she's so sweet, and we're so happy for them. And we pray the Lord's great and rich blessing on their lives as one together in yes. marriage as one flesh and we're great great to be back in new york michael yeah. <laughs> you were traveling i was traveling yeah how was your travels my travel was great uh i was just telling our guests here on the radio that the very last night that i was in fairbanks alaska flying back i got to see the northern lights the aurora borealis for so the very awesome. first time which was uh, really really awesome I've been to Alaska like 10 times, never saw him. Wow. This time I got to see him. That's wonderful. Hmm. So I was in Iowa, and I spoke at the Faith Baptist Bible College annual missions conference they do. They call it Global Reach Conference, and that was a blessing. There were there were probably like 50 different missionary boards and mm-hmm. individuals representing. Shalom was there oh, okay. uh, mm-hmm. as well, and and they actually spoke to Grant Hartman. We had Dr. Craig Hartman on a few yeah. weeks ago. Mm-hmm. They spoke to doc, uh, They spoke to his son in Israel, mm-hmm. and yeah. so that was neat. So yeah. they had a lot of different things going on, and uh, it, it's a great Bible school. And then I had a real great opportunity on the way back home home in the plane i spoke to a, a man sat next to me he's a former catholic mm. left the roman catholic church but but now has been going to a pentecostal church but he knows that the doctrine of tongue speaking is not correct mm. so he really does want to get into a good church so we had a really nice conversation oh, awesome. on some doctrines good. nice and uh, don't get mad at me any listeners if but uh, we're, <laughs> we're glad we're glad to have you with us on the heritage of faith conversations program and we're blessed tonight to have with us brother tim St- Cup and his dear wife, Kristen, and their two children are also here. So, Tim and Kristen, <laughs> welcome back to the Heritage of Faith Conversation program. Thank Pastor, you, it's you. always a blessing to, to get to join you. It's, it's, it's a blessing to do anything with, with you folks and with the church. Amen. Well, we love this program. Yes. Yeah, thank you, Brother Tim. And, and tell us about where you were today and give a shout out there. Yes, uh, we praise the Lord for all of the solid Bible preaching churches here across the five boroughs of New York City. And we were down in Staten Island uh, at with Liberty View Baptist Church and Pastor Daniel Acosta and his wife are, are
are the the pastor there now. The former pastor is, has gone on with uh, planting churches throughout the city, and so uh, so now they have a new pastor, and we're excited about what they're doing and and their their passion for missions, evangelism, and the gospel in Staten Island. Mm. Amen. Yeah, yes. and pray for Pastor Daniel, his wife Abigail Acosta. They just assumed the leadership there. Pastor Daniel assumed the leadership as pastor there at Liberty View Baptist Church. If you're in Staten Island, it's a great church for you to consider visiting. Amen. And I'm sure you could find them online. So this evening, we are going to get into Romans chapter 8, and we're going to look at three great questions in verses 31 through 34. And the big question over these three other questions is, what shall we say to these things? And there's three questions that Paul is going to have us consider as we think about these things, and what are the things that we're to consider? So we'll look at that. Romans chapter 8, we'll begin our reading this evening. Brother Tim will start us up. We're we're going to start up at verse 28 in the reading, just to get the context. But then the main program will focus in on verses 31 through 34. But beginning in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say then to the, uh, sorry, what shall we say then, say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. And the passage goes on with even more questions. It's interesting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Paul asks all these different questions. Mm -hmm. But we're going to kind of say this overarching question tonight is, what shall we say to these things? Brother Tim, if you'll lead us out in prayer. Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, we praise your name for who you are, for what Jesus Christ has done for us, for all of these things that that we have seen over the past few weeks in Romans 8 and, and even prior of the things that Christ has done for us. We praise you for that, and we, we praise you as well for the answers that you give us in your word to the questions that arise in life. Lord, there are many listeners out there that have questions tonight, and, and there are many questions that are, are levied at, at Christians and, and at those who are seeking to follow God. And, and as we have questions or as questions are given to us, uh, may we find answers in your word and answers in Jesus Christ. And I pray that tonight will be a profitable night for everyone listening. I pray that if, if there's any soul listening that does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that tonight would be the, be the night of regeneration for that soul. May they call in and trust Amen. Christ 
as Savior tonight. And may your saints be edified and encouraged. We pray this in his name. Amen. 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 So what a great question, beloved. What shall we say then to these things? Now, these things relates most generally to all that Paul has been talking about in Romans chapter 8. But most specifically, it relates to the things that he just expounded to them regarding these five links of God's amazing grace in our life, that God has foreknown us and predestinated us, and he still called us, in spite of foreknowing us, he still called us, justified us, and glorified us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the most amazing things of all, that God sees us now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as we will be with him in eternity. And you know what we're going to be like? Like in Daniel chapter 12, it says we're going to be shining, shining like, like the, the stars. stars yeah. mm. And and, and it, one thing that's really hit me in the preaching on the parables mm-hmm. is the parable of the tares where he talked about the righteous will shine as the sun, mm. even as mm-hmm. the sun, which is a, a, a great star. Yeah. Mm. So that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That Jesus Christ is is li- is this like the sun of heaven. He's going to br- brighten heaven, mm-hmm. but we're going to shine like the light. That's yeah. why there's no no light. We're mm. all going to be light. Yeah. Right. So anyway, what shall we say to these things yeah. that God sees us as already glorified? That's an amazing thing. So. What Paul is dealing with in this passage of Scripture is about all the years between a believer's justification, when he's been declared righteous, and then he begins living for the Lord, and perhaps he stumbles at different times in his life, or people accuse him of different things for whatever he said and however he lived. But Paul is dealing with this question. Is there a possibility that something will cause us to lose our salvation, to forfeit our eternal life. Paul is finishing Romans chapter 8, making a strong case that we are preserved for glory. If God Amen. sees us now as we will be with him in heaven as glorified, he's not going to take that away. Mm-hmm. He cannot take that away from us. And the purpose of this passage is really to strengthen the child of God in his assurance of salvation. And whatever anybody says, we're going to see that with this one question, what shall we say to these things? Paul's going to ask three other questions. Mm-hmm. If God be for us, who can be against us? Mm-hmm. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who is he that condemns? Some people will condemn us. Mm-hmm. They'll, they, they won't like our faith, and they'll say, we're of the devil even. Mm-hmm. But who is he that condemneth, condemns us? If God is for us, who's going to be against us? And so there's these three questions we're going to look at tonight. And my contention is they all have the same answer. I won't give it to you yet. They all have the same answer. It's going to be a short program. Three questions. That's right. We could we could do this real fast, but we won't. We'll, we'll talk. We've got okay. a lot to say. Yeah, we do. I, I figured with three preachers and a preacher's wife here, uh, we're going to go at it. Not sure okay. of the words. So three questions with one great answer this evening. So Paul is looking down every avenue. He's exploring every possibility. He's looking to see if anything or anyone or is there any way that we can be separated from Jesus Christ and his loving salvation. And there's three questions we'll deal with tonight. And then there's a final great question we'll deal with next time. 
And that's in verse 35, who can separate us from the love of God. Hmm. And so this evening, let's look at these three questions that essentially have the same answer. The first is, if God be for us, who can be against us? As it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Now, the, the word if can also well be translated because or since. So Paul is not placing doubt on God's presence with his people. Paul is using that if clause by saying, since God is for us, who can be against us? So, Brother Tim, in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, what do you think the answer to this question could well be? It's a great question. If God be for us, who can be against us? Well, we can look down at at verses 35 and 36 here in this passage where Paul talks about the Christians being persecuted and even killed for their faith. I I would say that very much is is people being against us. Yeah. The answer is, even though there are so many against us, if God is for us, and he is, it doesn't matter who is against us. Hmm. God and me make a majority. With God for us, all things will still work out for my good and result in me becoming more like Jesus Christ. For, uh, as like Paul said elsewhere, for a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. But Christ is with us always, even unto the end of the world. So who can be against us? Even though many may be against us temporarily, it can seem like light affliction or even like no one against us when we are keeping our eyes on God and his eternal plans and purposes. Hmm. Yeah. Who can be against us? I'll tell you, the devil can be against us. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if God is for us, God and you are greater, far greater than the devil. Hmm. And this, is a, this is kind of a trick question. And I, I sometimes <laughs> do have fun. I have to say to trick people with this hmm. question, like if I'm preaching and I'll say, if God is for us, who can be against us? And then I'll look for an answer from the audience. And people will say, nobody can be against us. I say, you're wrong. Uh, wrong answer. It, the answer is that no one is against right. us. The answer is there's plenty against yeah. us. Everybody. But it doesn't matter. Amen. Hmm. Mike, did you want to add to that? Yeah, well, it, I was just saying the same thing. No one, um, it's not the answer is nobody. The question is almost, you could ask, who are these advers- adversaries compared to our God? And the implied answer is whoever they are is insignificant in comparison. Now, that may be easier to said than believed, especially if someone is currently on the receiving end of persecution. Because um, we should remember, as we said, Paul was facing all kinds of adversity and persecution throughout his ministry. And yet he was able to see from the heavenly perspective to recognize God's superiority in each situation. And this gave him the courage, almost of a military commander, where his words, they sort of sound like a call to arms, like, if God be for us, who can be against us? Yeah. And it yeah. also reminds me of you know David's bold claim right before he slew Goliath. Yeah. Um, in First mm-hmm. Samuel seventeen forty five. David said to the giant, Thou comest to me in, with sword and with spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, who thou hast defied. So what David understood and what Paul understood understood was that if the Lord himself was going to battle for us, then we really have nothing to fear from those adversaries. Mm, Excellent. Yeah. That's really a great point, Micah. To, he, Paul is saying this to give courage, to instill confidence mm-hmm. in believers because they were suffering persecution. Mm-hmm. I think of Zechariah chapter 3, where Joshua the high priest was standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan was standing at his right hand to resist him. Mm-hmm. So Satan mm-hmm. was against 
against him. Yeah. But the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Mm-hmm. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? And Satan couldn't pluck this brand from the hand of God. Mm-hmm. And so Satan was against this man, high priest Joshua. Mm-hmm. And yet he couldn't stand against him and defeat him because God was with him. Mm -hmm. So, dear friends, there will be all kinds of people, religious leaders, maybe family and friends, and Satan and his demonic host himself will be against you, casting fiery darts, doubts, temptations, and Satan will seek to, to destroy you. But God is stronger than the devil by infinite proportions. The Lord is our light and our salvation. Whom shall we fear? So, mm-hmm. as, as Micah, you well said, Paul is seeking to inspire believers with confidence that we're safe in the hand of our God. Amen. And then look at verse 32 now, because verse 32 is such a powerful statement of how God demonstrates that he is on our side, though all these other things might be against us. He has done great and mighty things for us. So that it really doesn't matter, again, who's against us. So, uh, Kristen, in Romans 8.32, if you could weigh in on this, and how does God show us that he's on our side? And what are all these things Paul says that he has given to us? Well, the greatest thing that he has given us is his son mm-hmm. that sacrificed yeah. for us, and that is emphasized here. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Amen. I mean, that's right there, and, and since God God went to such great lengths to give his son for us, how, how would he not be willing and able to give us all, everything, you know, beyond that, that mm-hmm. we do need? It reminded me of a passage in Luke of Jesus sharing, if a son shall ask bread of any of you that... that um, that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? And an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them to ask him? The, the Holy Spirit and that relationship that we have um, that that's part of the the all things that he's given us. You know that that um, confidence that we have in the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Yes, yeah, brother Tim. This reminds me of Second Peter one three. According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Praise God that because of Christ we can have all of Amen. these things as we get to know Christ deeper. Yeah, that's a great that's hmm. a great statement. And all things He hath given to us all things. And there it is. There it is again. Micah, did you want to add? Yeah, Pastor. As I uh, pondered this verse uh, this week, thinking about how God gave us the best gift that anyone could ever give as. Christ. Kristen said, and Tim said, his son, Jesus Christ, then there's nothing good that God would hold back from us. I remember a couple that you and I actually met recently, and I won't give too many details on who they are, but they're in ministry in another city, and they have two young daughters. And when we met them, I asked how far apart the girls were in age, because I couldn't tell which one was older. And the father told me that they're just four months apart. And I was a little Mm -hmm. confused by that. (laughs) Um, That's a miracle. (laughs) But it turns out that he and his wife, who are in ministry, they couldn't have children, and a couple 
people in their church felt compelled to give them, this couple, their firstborn child. Yeah, that was amazing. Incredible. And so somehow, as wow. soon as the couple found out that they were going to be, you know, parents and given this baby after years of trying, the wife also got pregnant. Wow. And so they have two daughters that were born just four months apart. Wow. And to me, the sacrifice that this mm-hmm. other couple made is almost unimaginable. And yet yeah. they were compelled by a God who gave his only son mm-hmm. for us as the ultimate sacrifice. And so mm-hmm. as I think about the lengths that God went to for us, it only makes sense that he wouldn't hold anything back, any any lesser good. So hmm. um, we were talking about Psalm 23 earlier today and just the idea that, you know, the good shepherd, what does he give us? He gives us everything that we need. He gives us food. He gives us protection. He gives us safety. He gives us peace. And so the God who gave us Jesus Christ, of course, he's going to give us all those other good things. Hmm. Yeah. Amen. Hmm. When I think about this verse, too, there's a phrase where it says that God spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Mm -hmm. That God delivered his son over into the enemy's hand, so Mm -hmm. to speak, to be killed as a lamb for our sins, as the sacrificial lamb, our Passover lamb, Mm -hmm. to shed his blood that we might be delivered from Mm-hmm. Sin, death, and hell. Mm-hmm. So Jesus was delivered up so that we could be delivered from mm-hmm. everlasting destruction. Yes. And this same phrase is used back in Romans chapter 1, where because of people's rebellion and worshiping of idols, God gave them up to uncleanness, mm-hmm. Romans chapter 124. Mm-hmm. God gave them up to vile affections. And then it says, God gave them up to a reprobate mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so so think of that. Because of people's rebellion against the Lord, God, and it's the same phrase as delivered. Mm-hmm. In other words, God delivers some people over to vile affections, to a reprobate mind, and to uncleanness. And that's a scary thought. Yeah, mm-hmm. To being delivered by mm-hmm. God yeah. to... Yeah. Vile affections to uncleanness, to a a, a mind that cannot discern right from wrong, a reprobate mind Mm -hmm. to be delivered by God. Mm -hmm. That's what because of a rebellion, because of unwillingness to submit to the Lord. Mm -hmm. So to the only way we could overcome that. And if somebody has been delivered to those things, Mm. there's hope for them Mm. because God has delivered up his son Mm -hmm. to freely give us the things of Romans chapter eight. Amen. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit's mind, the Spirit's presence, the Spirit's witness, the Spirit's adoption, his call to salvation, his glory. Hmm. That's why he delivered him up for us all. So we won't have to be delivered over Mm -hmm. to these awful things. It's Mm -hmm. scary. Yeah. Yeah. So. He free and he freely does it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't he good? Yeah, God is, is so man. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because you mentioned that in Romans one, and you know he, you think about all those things he lists in Romans one, and you think, okay, God gave them over, He delivered them over to those things. But how often have we heard testimonies about people who then come out of all those things? Right. And what that yeah. says to us is God isn't done chasing any of us. That's yeah. right. Um, and the door of opportunity to accept His Son is always open. Mm-hmm. And maybe Amen. someone is in the throes or even under the domination of sin. Maybe someone is 
just being controlled by their lust, controlled by their uncleanness, controlled by their jealousy or their hatred. You're, you're obsessed with lying. You're obsessed with stealing or some sin has just completely taken over your life. Dear friends, there's possibility for you to be delivered. Amen. You can God. be delivered Amen. from that. And that's why we're here tonight. Hmm. And you can give us a call right now if you need prayer at 929-333-3739. We want to be able to pray with you this evening. Hmm. Maybe you just feel so discouraged defeated in despair because of some sin that just seems to trip you up and it's that easily besetting sin that is causing you guilt and grief. Hmm. Dear friends, Jesus Christ has been delivered up for you so you could be delivered from these sins and he's been he's been given by God all we must do is truly receive him and embrace him and then uh, apply his love to our lives by mm. faith. Yes. And he'll freely give us all things. Mm. So what we want to do, we don't have a song tonight, so rather than a song, Micah, you're going to sing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. We sang earlier today in church, I think, yeah. one and done. That, uh, yeah, that was enough, right? By the way, we had our youth Sunday today, yeah. and our young people are such a blessing. Yeah. They yes. played the piano, they prayed, they ushered, they greeted, they did special music, they mm. served afterwards, the, and uh, they, they did just a, a great job. Great mm. job, young mm. people. Yes. Amen. Heritage Baptist Church today. Mm. So, but I thought it would be good for us just to talk for a few moments about, like, why why should somebody go to church, and mm-hmm. what's the importance of church? And you know, we have our, of course, our radio audience, and and I think for those who do listen to the radio, which is a good thing. I'm glad you're listening to the radio tonight, <laughs> dear friends, or else you wouldn't be listening to this program. So, thank you for listening to the Heritage of Faith Conversations program. But this cannot be a replacement for church, mm. and I think sometimes. The, the 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 difficulty churches have is radio listeners get a favorite preacher they like mm-hmm. and they say oh my favorite is I don't know. I'm not going to n- name any names, but <laughs> there's <Becker>. good <laughs> preachers on the radio. That's why they're on the radio. Yeah. They have right. large ministries, some of them, and they're great communicators. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they want to go to a church. That, oh, they don't preach like my favorite guy on the radio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not really fair to the local church. Mm-hmm. And and so some people give up looking for a church. And so they just listen to the radio because they say, well, I get fed better that way. Mm-hmm. But beloved, we cannot replace the local church with the radio. So I thought we'd just take a minute. And who, who would like to share? Kristen, just a, maybe an experience. Why is church important and a blessing to you? Well, even just in our family, before we moved up to New York City, we were researching a church that we wanted to attend to raise our family. And, you know, we have two young children. And it was important to us, and still is, obviously, that we have a pastor who cares about children, who preaches the word and doesn't mince words, but also the the teachers you know, Micah teaches the city youth, and there's several um, men and ladies who teach the children, and that's so important to us to have um, people who love our children, you know, almost as much as we do, and care about their spiritual growth as well, share biblical truth that are aligned with the Bible and what we believe, and that's yeah, that's really important. For sure. Amen. To get support like that. Yeah. Brother yeah. Tim? Yes, I, I have to say, uh, well, I, I agree with, with Kristen <laughs> on that 100%. They're your uh, children, what, too. what a blessing. 
thing that Heritage has been uh, since we've moved up here, and and it's a joy to, to yes. serve with them and, and be part of, of Heritage. I I have to say, growing up, um, there were many times that some evangelist coming through was a blessing, um, that, that some guest speaker at camp was an encouragement, but but how often it was the uh, the daily or the the weekly messages, Sunday mm. messages or Wednesday Bible study messages at church that that kept me focused and mm. helped me with my steady growth yeah. uh, growing up. And yeah. and so what a difference the local church is. And and it's it's not just a a, a club or 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 a a, a, social, a, club. a social club yeah. or something to to do. Uh, it is it is our our uh, our our sustenance. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. it, it is uh, there's no other comparison for the local church. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, and that, and that's true. And of course, good preaching over the radio or over the internet on YouTube or whatever, God can speak to your heart, no doubt about that. But mm-hmm. when you're in a congregation of people, yeah. the Holy Spirit of God is there in a special kind of way yeah. that He's not when we're by ourselves, right. because we're with a whole lot of people who have the Holy Spirit in them. Yeah. And so God does speak to us in that way. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just to piggyback off what you were just saying, Pastor, it feels like church is a family, like a local church, like our church. It feels like a family. Yeah. You know, we celebrated a baby shower today after right. service you know yeah. mm-hmm. a couple in our church they're going to have a baby and so you know and we, we baptized we, the young man we yeah. we officiated their wedding yeah, and now so they're going to have a baby so yeah, yeah. so we're yeah. with them sort and of we'll every dedicate step of the their way. baby lord willing yeah right, yeah right. so um you know we have funerals in our church you know we have hospital visits that kind of stuff you know you don't get that by listening just yeah. on the internet or on right. the radio or to That's youtube right. you're yeah. not going to get that kind of like family dynamic where people will take care of you in certain ways when you need it and then you can take care of others when you have the ability right. to. So absolutely. So that's yeah. something that's yeah. really important, I think. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So dear friends, if you're looking for a good Bible preaching, believing church in the tri state area, you can give us a call and we'll try to give you as much information as we know if you if for a church in your community. Give us a call right now at nine two nine three 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 seven three nine. That's nine two nine three 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 seven three nine. Of course we invite you to Heritage Baptist Church. We'd love to have you visit with us. If you live anywhere in the five boroughs, you can easily get into Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Style Cups live in Queens. Micah, you live in Queens. In Queens. I live in Queens uh, <laughs> also. So, and we have people in New Jersey. We yeah. have people in all the boroughs. The Bronx, mm-hmm. Some people yeah. come down from the Bronx. Others yeah. come, and we've had people from Staten Island and and uh, and all over. Brooklyn so, too, yeah. we'd love to have you visit with us on Sunday. We meet at 490-490 Hudson Street, and that's in Greenwich Village area. Hey, if you're coming over from New Jersey, all you have to do is take the PATH train right mm-hmm. there to Christopher street it's like a half a block yeah. away from the path train and so very accessible or throughout the city you could take the number one train to the sheridan square christopher street subway stop and it's a very short walk from there or you could go to west fourth street there's all kind of train stop mm-hmm. at west fourth it's not that far not terribly far just a little further mm-hmm. but we'd love to have you come sunday morning 
at 10 a.m., and then 11 a.m. is our morning service, and that's at 490 Hudson Street. And then on Wednesday, we have our own office space at 633 3rd Avenue, and that's near the Grand Central Station. So you can look us up online at hbcnyc.org, mm. and that's where you'll find all the information. Or if you have questions about our church, you call us right now at 929-333-3739. And this happened today also. It was such a blessing. Mm. So years ago, we had a really nice couple coming to our church, Tom and Georgiana, and uh, Tom and uh, Sybilla. Their last name was Georgiana, sorry. Tom and Sybilla. And then they were coming with a single woman, Mm -hmm. um, Angela. And Angela and Tom and Georgiana came into church. They would come every Sunday, and they sat down. And a man just walked in as a visitor and sat right next to Angela. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And after the service, I met them all, mm-hmm. and it, 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 was, it was like the, the man who sat down, Nathan, was a, a part of their group. But no, mm-hmm. he just kind of came in on his own mm-hmm. and sat right next to Angela. Well, they fell in love and got <laughs> married. And I officiated their wedding about 15 years ago or yeah. so, mm-hmm. m- maybe more, mm-hmm. because today they were in church. and Now they live in Belgium, but they're visiting in New York City huh? and celebrating their son's 15th birthday. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think that's a blessing, that mm-hmm. here's children that are in the world that God brought into the world and yeah. he used our church yeah. to bring them together, that was kind of cool, you know? Yeah, so, dear friends, be in the house of God. Mm-hmm. The Lord yeah. loves you. And, you know, I made a decision a long time ago when I became saved, and I actually I was led to the Lord through college campus ministry, which is a good ministry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the, the people of that particular college campus ministry, they tried to recruit me since I was part of their fruit, and that would make sense mm-hmm. that, hey, Matt, you should be a part of our ministry. And then I, as I prayed about it, I said, you know, Jesus said, I will build my church. Mm-hmm. So I want to be right in the middle of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I went in, that's why we came to New York church plan as a pastor. So dear friends, be in a good Bible-believing church. And again, if we can help assist you to find a good church near to where you live, give us a call at 929-333-3739. Brother Tim? Just one more thought about, about the, the local church. I, I had a friend when I was single who, who said that that if I didn't go to the bar with him, I'd never find a woman. I'd, I'd, I'd never have a, a serious relationship. Well, it just so happened that the church I was attending, this is down in Virginia, so it wasn't here, but but the, the church I was attending uh, happened to be the place where I got to know my dear wife, Kristen, and we were married in the church. So, nope, didn't have to go to the bar for that. Yeah. Uh, and then the, married in the church. Yes, yeah. married in the yeah. church. <laughs> yeah. Praise and, I the had, Lord. and I had lunch with Charlie today, Brother Charlie, and he met Carrie through ministry oh, and that's right. yeah. the connection to our church. So yeah. not to say that everyone's going to meet their spouse in our church, but right. you can come and try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please look for a and good I one. I pray, to church. Lord <laughs> Jesus, please bring more people together who will fall in love in, 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 your, lo- in your sight, yes. in your will. Amen. Okay. So let's continue now into Romans chapter 8. We're looking at three great questions with essentially the same answer. Now, we've already looked at the first answer to the first question. If God be for us, who can be against us? The answer is not no one. The answer is it doesn't matter. If God's for you, we're powerful. We're on the winning team. The second question is, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? And then Paul says, it is God that justifieth. So, Micah... 
What is the answer to this question? And who can say anything against God's chosen child? Why do you think Paul is even bringing up this question? So what do you think? Yeah, well, when Paul asks the question, who can say anything against God's children? Our knee-jerk reaction, as you said, Pastor, might be to answer no one. But we all know that there are plenty of people who will accuse believers of all sorts of things. Um, Without getting too political, just this week there was a man elected as the new Speaker of the House. Uh, The man is a Baptist. Uh, As soon as he started speaking from the podium after he was elected, he was quoting Scripture, talking Mm -hmm. about prayer, talking about the statue of Moses that was in the chamber. And when journalists asked him what he thought about this issue or that issue, he said, pick up your Bible off your shelf and read it. That's my worldview. That's Mm -hmm. what I believe. And so I make no apologies for it. So we're not necessarily speaking for him. um, But as you could guess, immediately the attacks from the media, they just they just began and they were sort of in choir. They were all saying the same things. And so we know that Paul isn't saying that no one will ever make accusations against believers. What he meant was that their accusations would ultimately fall flat, whether in this life or the next. Uh, False accusations, they would ring hollow because the judge of all. God will call us faithful, not because of what we did, but because of what Jesus did. We are counted righteous and justified by the blood of Jesus. Now, let's not forget that Jesus, too, had things said against him. I remember in Mark chapter 14, verses 55 and 56, it says in part, and the chief priests and all the council sought for witness against Jesus, for many bear false witness against him, but their witnesses agreed not together. So as people accuse us, we have to remember that we're in good company. We're with mm. Jesus, we're with Paul, um, but the accusations, ultimately, they're going to fall flat. Mm. Yeah, and it's interesting as well that Paul says, who shall lay anything to the charge or say anything against God's elect? And that's what those five jewels, we were talking about that five links of God's grace, going back to how God has predestinated us, and he's foreknown us, and he's called us, and justified and glorified us. Who can say anything against the one that God, the ones that God has chosen, the ones, and those are the ones who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? In our day, in mm-hmm. Paul's day, there are many people who will speak against us. In Paul's mm-hmm. day, it was religious legalists. Mm-hmm. If if, in other words, if Christians did not get circumcised, they would be condemned right. or they would be charged as not being of God. Mm-hmm. And in our day, some will say that if we you worship on Sunday, there are some strong Seventh-day Adventists who have this position that Sunday worshipers are going to get the mark of the beast. Mm-hmm. Now, if you get wow. the mark of the beast... Guess what? There's, you're, you're damned. You're in hell. Mm-hmm. That's what it says mm-hmm. in Revelation chapter 14. So I'm not saying all Seventh-day Adventists would say that, but I have met some and I have read their literature mm-hmm. that does indicate that they say Sunday worshipers are not saved. So that's what Paul is saying. Who is Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifies. Mm-hmm. Man doesn't declare us righteous. It is God who, through his son, Jesus Christ, if you believe that Jesus Christ paid the price of your sin and rose again from the dead that Jesus Christ was delivered up from you from uh, delivered up for you dear friends it doesn't matter who will say anything against you because it is God that justifies you or who saves you it is mm-hmm. God who saves you mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so that's the second main question who shall say anything to the charge of God's elect. The third great question here is, 
who is he that condemneth in verse 34 so Kristen, we can go to you here what's the point of this question in romans 8 34 who is he that condemneth i think it's interesting because so many of these questions are basically rhetorical like yeah. almost like paul is saying hello you should some, know the answer kind to of similar too there's some similarity right. exactly yeah, which you mentioned at the beginning but yes yeah. the 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 whole point is that um like at the beginning of Romans chapter 8 there's now therefore no condemnation to them who are in Christ we know that because we are in Christ we're not condemned because we're in him so it doesn't matter who says they're going to condemn us like back in First uh, Peter two twenty four, whose own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness mm-hmm. by whose stripes we are healed so even though there might be people who try to condemn us doesn't matter because he's the one who's in charge and like we've been talking about in um hdi on monday night about all these other factions that are trying to you know go after christians and and kill and all of this like like who are they to say that that we're wrong of your christians that bible believers are wrong you know that Mm -hmm. anyway you you explain that better than i do pastor Mm -hmm. no no that's that's great Uh, yeah who is he that condemned because and then he says it's christ that died in other words it's christ who was condemned for us Right. Mm -hmm. right so if you believe christ was condemned for you does it matter who well who condemns you? Mm. Right. Jesus was right. condemned in our place, so we're not going to be condemned. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, we have to constantly appeal to that higher authority, asking ourselves, you know, what is God's view of me? How does God's word shed light on my standing? Because we do live on this earth, so it's easy for us to get caught up in the considerations and even condemnations of man, because in the flesh, that's what we're dealing with day to day. Um, some of the people reading this epistle in the first century, they were surely dealing with a lot of condemnation for converting to Christianity, you know, whether they were coming from Judaism or from some pagan system, many of them were feeling the heat of leaving their old religion behind. I know a man who came out of nominal Judaism and he became a Christian and he's been told more than once by his family members that his faithful Jewish grandmother would be, quote, rolling in her grave Mm. if she knew that he had become a Christian. And perhaps we even have some listening tonight who are feeling that same pain of condemnation. And we encourage you even to call us tonight. We can pray with you. We can listen to your situation. Um, So again, back to this verse, this is why there is a reminder to look at things not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that there are some listeners tonight who have family members who, like you just mentioned, if somebody gets saved out of Judaism or somebody comes out of Romanism Mm -hmm. or somebody comes out of even from being an atheist and your your old friends Mm -hmm. will condemn you. Mm. And and there's such a division even in our own culture that... Even conservative Christians, as you mentioned uh, from the, the new Speaker of the House, that are are almost viewed as as causing the problems of our society, and mm-hmm. and many times conservative Christians are condemned for right. our our moral positions against LGBT, right. for example, yeah. our our moral position against abortion. Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't believe in it's a, ri- a woman's right to choose. You, you know, you're all going to hell if, mm-hmm. if you don't believe in a woman's right to choose. So many times the Christians throughout history mm-hmm. have been condemned. Right. Yeah. Right. And and it's no different in, in some ways as our culture becomes more pagan and post-Christian mm-hmm. and the Bible is cast away as any kind of authority. 
more and more will condemn us. Maybe you have a family member who even calls you a hypocrite Hmm. for you living out your Christian faith. And if you want us to pray with you about that, give us a call at 929-333-3739. We have some loving people here tonight who would love to pray with you, perhaps about a trial you're going through. Maybe you are being condemned by loved ones, by co-workers, and they don't understand your faith. So give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. But and I also have to introduce this, though, <laughs> that the Roman Catholic system mm-hmm. has condemned a lot of people mm-hmm. throughout yeah. history. Mm-hmm. Back in the 1500s, to counter the Reformation and all of the success the Reformation was having of people leaving the Roman Catholic system, they had they set up a Council of Trent, and for 18 years they met, and then came out with many statements of to counter the Reformation, and then to clarify again Roman Catholic beliefs and many declarations. Hmm. And in that Council of Trent, and I have the Council of Trent, I have a book of it at home, Hmm. and there are over 150 times Hmm. that the Catholic Church condemns people if they do not hold to the doctrines of the Roman Catholic Church. And even one of them was, if you do not believe that the priest can turn the wafer into the real body of Christ, and then they can put that wafer up and uh, and then parade that wafer through the street, <laughs> and that the wafer is not the very real body of Christ. If you do not believe that they can do this anathema, you're mm-hmm. condemned. Wow. And that's only one out of like 150. Yeah. Right. And, and so, dear friends, this is one reason why I could never be a Roman Catholic is because they take the authority of God to condemn people, not based on biblical truth, but on their own tradition. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, I, I like how Kristen mentioned the HDI classes. We're learning about church history in the Heritage Discipleship Institute, and that is the 8 o'clock class on Monday nights. People can come on Zoom. Um, but I think I remember last semester we learned that that whole transubstantiation of the Eucharist, that was only set in stone in the Catholic Church in the 1200s. Yeah. <laughs> so it's almost like for 1200 years they didn't necessarily, you know, they wavered on that. And then finally in the 1200s they said, oh, yes, this is what we believe. And then you're saying in the 1500s they said, and if you don't believe it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's interesting to learn that progression yeah. that I wouldn't necessarily know except for church history. Right. But we also have to add now, though, who is he that condemns? Who, who is the one who condemns? It is God. Mm-hmm. And God has the right to condemn anyone mm-hmm. who rejects him. Right. And it's not us condemning. Because if you don't accept Christ, who died for you, you will be condemned then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you either believe that Jesus was condemned for you, or you will be condemned. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's based on the the Word of God. So, Brother Tim, just to follow up with this now, as we uh, continue in Romans 8.34, how does God show that He does not condemn us? Well, He says that, that... um, well, let me just read straight from the text. Yeah. It is Christ that died, 
And so it, it is what Christ has done, uh, his finished work on Calvary. It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, mm. who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. So we must accept and appropriate what he has done for us. His death paid the price for my pardon. His resurrection and ascension secure my pardon. Mm. And, and his resurrection is the absolute proof that the price of sin was fully paid. His intercession pleads for my pardon. So it's what Christ has done. However, we must trust in the work of Christ for regeneration or else we will be condemned. When I was in North Carolina, I met a young man years ago who acted like he was interested in God and church whenever he thought he might be able to plead for a little financial handout due to some current hardship. But he never wanted to give up his drug addiction or his thievery or his living with his girlfriend. He got a tattoo one day that said, don't judge me. God alone is my judge. Hmm. And and I thought about that. <laughs> I, I tried to think how to respond to that um, to, to, to help put things in proper light for him. But he failed to realize that it is a fearful thing to be judged mm-hmm. and condemned by God mm-hmm. while unsaved. The only way to escape condemnation is what it says at the beginning of this chapter. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. We must be in Christ. We must be born again. Hmm. Amen. That's right. Yeah. um, As you mentioned, Pastor, the flip side of this freedom that we have from man's condemnation is that as man only sees the outside, God sees the inside. Um, Our omniscient God, he knows our thoughts. He understands the true motivations for all our outward actions. And scripture tells us that God looks at the heart. And this can be intimidating for us because, wow, who is fully righteous in their heart? But thankfully, this verse also says that we have an intercessor. Again, Paul speaks in terms of a legal proceeding in the courtroom of ultimate justice we have the ultimate advocate. And for anything that we would otherwise be condemned for, Christ has already paid that price in full. And this is true in the present, and it's true into the future for all believers. Hmm. Yeah. And you know what's neat, too, is that it says, you know, in in the book of Hebrews, it talks about Jesus Christ as our great high priest, and he's passed into the heavens. Mm -hmm. Mm Praise God. And that he's seated at the right hand of the Father, and right. he's making this intercession. Mm-hmm. So he's his high priestly work mm-hmm. in heaven, mm-hmm. he's doing it while he's seated. Mm. And in the Old Testament temple or ta- and tabernacle, yeah. there were no seats mm. because the sacrifices were continually being offered mm. all the time. The priest could not sit down. Right. But our high priest has offered the one and only sacrifice. Amen. And it is finished. (laughs) And he seated because the work is done to bring us full, free salvation and forgiveness of sins. So, dear friends, Hmm. call the name of the Lord. If you're not sure you're saved, would you pick up that phone right now, right now, if you have doubts or questions about where you would spend eternity? Call us. We would love to pray with you at 929-333-3739. Or if you're looking for a Bible-believing church, we gave our information earlier, but we'd love to have you visit with us at Heritage Baptist Church. At, and you can go to our website at hbcnyc.org. Hmm. But call us right now. Someone needs to call on the Lord. Last week, somebody did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody heard this plea, yes. this Invitation. We are inviting you to come to Jesus Christ. He's a great high priest. He loves you. He says you can come to him. Whoever comes to him, 
I love his guarantee. Mm. He will not cast so. you right. out. Mm-hmm. Amen. So what a great gospel presentation this Mm. is, right? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, the hand of power, all power and authority, who also maketh intercession. The Holy Spirit is in us interceding earlier in this chapter, and now Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. Mm. So if God is for us, who can be against us? It doesn't matter. Mm. What a gospel presentation this Mm. is, dear friends. So as we just have a few moments left tonight, considering Romans chapter 8 and the great work of the Lord so described even in that verse. Isn't it amazing how Paul just sums it all up? Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. I mean, can you imagine everything he just sums up in that one verse? His death, his resurrection, his session. Mm. And nothing can separate us from his love. So what's a favorite verse? Um, Christian, can we start with you on this? Yes. What is a favorite verse that you could share that relates to one of these great works of the Lord, either his death, his resurrection, his ascension, his intercession for us? Well, I was going to share one of my favorite verses, Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Mm. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Mm. Um, Because Christ is crucified, Mm -hmm. I have new life. And actually, tomorrow is my spiritual birthday. 29 years ago, I called on the Lord to save me. This is one of my favorite verses to claim um, for that truth and all the preaching you've been doing about that right now just yeah. kind of gives you that um, just thankfulness again for, for what he's done and you know as a child or an adult you can call on him and believe and he does and you're still with him 29 mm-hmm. years and later. We haven't even mentioned Halloween that's this week so you, you right, came to, to know the Lord yep. the day October before 30th. Yep. Halloween. We yep. didn't even touch yep. Halloween. <laughs> we, should do a program. we should do a program on ha- Halloween. I'd because have to study that we out. We celebrate my spiritual birthday instead. Yeah, yeah. Amen. <laughs> That's, That's right. good. Brother Tim? Absolutely. Oh, there are so many verses. It's hard to pick. But but I, I liked this earlier in the book, Romans 3.24. We're all familiar with Romans 3.23, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But what an answer in the next verse. Being yep. justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And, and, then, and then can I jump over to the next chapter with one more? Sure. Chapter 4, verse 25. Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification so so it's a guaranteed justification it's a guaranteed uh, redemption that is in Christ that's right yeah he was raised again for our justification that's one of Paul's favorite words no doubt about it even in the book of Romans it is God that justifieth and we cannot be condemned because Christ was condemned for us and after he was condemned, he rose again mm-hmm. so we could be Amen. justified. Yes. Yeah. Well, Pastor, I love the description of Jesus found in the first chapter of Revelation um, because John gets this truly comprehensive view of Christ beyond even the understanding that he would have had prior to the Revelation. Now, I say that knowing that John probably knew Jesus better than any of his disciples. Um, there's evidence that John was actually Jesus's cousin, that his mother, Salome, was Mary's sister. And so John probably even knew Jesus since childhood. And John was also the only 
only apostle present at the crucifixion. So he was therefore then the only one who witnessed the transfiguration, the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the ascension. And so John's initial ascription, description of Jesus in Romans, uh, sorry, Revelation 1, 5 through 6 is as comprehensive mm. as it can be in two short verses. He says, yeah. and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness mm. and the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Mm. And I think those verses covered each of the great works you mentioned, Pastor, his death, resurrection, ascension, intercession. And then if I can read just one more verse from that chapter, we get a quick description of Christ from Jesus himself, which I think also encapsulates those great works. Revelation 1.18 in red letters, Jesus says, I am he that liveth mm. and was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Mm. Amen. Amen. So dear friends, having therefore brethren, this boldness in Jesus Christ you can enter into his presence, into the holy place by the blood of Jesus, a new and living way. It is Christ that died, who is risen again, who is at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for you. And when you're saved, you're in him, Amen. seated with him, mm. praying walking, living in victory. Mm. So God bless you. Walk with the Lord. Have a great week, dear friends. And visit us at Heritage Baptist Church as you're able. Thank you, Tim. Kristen. Thank you. Brother Micah. Thank Praise you, God. Thank you, what Pastor. a great passage. Amen. Can't wait for next week. Yes. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith Conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then, rejoice in the Lord.